Okay, per per usual with spazzing out, America's podcast, nothing ever works, ever. Every single, I'm telling you, you could go back and listen to all over 200 episodes of this podcast that I've done since February, and I guarantee you that 90% of the episodes, if not 100% of the episodes, when I start, there's a problem. There's always a fucking technical problem with this podcast, but that's okay. No big deal. We'll move on. Typically, when I do the podcast... Spazzing out America's podcast, we do it five times a week, try to do it around 6 a.m. in the morning. I usually do it live on Facebook, I do it on Twitter, and I do it on YouTube. But the whole purpose of doing it is to record the podcast itself, um, is to record the podcast, which I upload to a podcast platform. But I like to do it with some kind of a live stream, and of course, my laptop's not working, I can't find my other iPad, so fuck it. We're just doing it on Facebook today, and that's just the way it is. No big deal. Most people listen to the podcast on an app. Somewhere around 700 and 750 downloads a day. When the, when the episode first gets uploaded, it gets downloaded around 700 times, and then a bunch of times after that. You could get it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Radio.com, iHeartMedia, anywhere you can get a podcast. You can get spazzing out America's podcast. Check it out. You can also just go to my website, anthonypaziali.com. It's got a bunch of links for the podcast. There. We got that out of the way. Uh, I, we, have to, we, we, we have to get it in. We, we have to get it in. We, there are some things I want to talk about. But before I get to anything political or any news story or anything like that, we have to talk about a sandwich that I made last night. I, well, I was a little bit hungry, there wasn't much food left, and as someone that grew up in a home where there wasn't a lot of food, you would make sandwiches basically out of anything that was left over. I, I, you have to imagine 6 Highland Street, Woober, Mass, five young boys growing up in a household, I mean, there were six guys, my dad, my brother Stan, me, Mike, Jesse, and my brother Jamie. So six dudes living in a house. So you can imagine straight up right there, there already wasn't gourmet food being made. There was no woman there cooking. My dad was a worker. My father was not a chef. The, the guy would make one meal and you'd have it all week. My father would make chop suey on Monday and it'd be fucking chop suey, chop suey on Friday, a big ass pot. And if you didn't eat the chop suey, you didn't eat. Of course, when you got older... As you were growing up, if you had a job in high school, something like that, you wanted to get your own eats, great. But you better have brought some home for dad because he'd have been pissed if you went out and got, I don't know, like I worked at Papa Gino's and I didn't bring home a pizza for him. Forget it. The guy, I tell you straight up, uh, for 16 years, I've been putting food in your mouth, a roof over your head, and the least you could do is bring me home a fucking pie. So, to the sandwich. I got hungry last night. I don't, I don't know what time it was. Maybe it's like 8 or 7.30. And we, we didn't get a chance to go food shopping or anything like that. Kaylee works late on Monday. I work. I don't work that late, but I get home about 6 o'clock, ride the Peloton. I, I didn't go food shopping. Miss Annie, who, who is uh, my mother-in-law, she's got Presley all day long, so she didn't have time to go food shopping. And all the Thanksgiving shit is basically gone. And so we're left with a couple pieces of bread. This is typical of anybody who's poor. I mean, when you grew up poor, 90% of the time... You were down to the last slice of bread, the last slice of cheese, maybe not even cheese. Maybe you just had a little scrape of yellow mustard left over. You had the bottom of the chips, the, the crumbles of the chips that most people would throw out 
But if you're poor, you keep it because you know later you're going to make a mustard and chip sandwich. You need the crumbs for the mustard chip sandwich. Or at the very least, you open it up and you, you dump it down your throat. So if you check out my Facebook, my Instagram, or my, my Twitter, all at Spaz, W-A-F, but I haven't changed the handle, probably won't ever change the handle that used to be my handle when I worked at, uh, at WAF, 107.3 WAF, did it for like 16 years on the Hillman Morning Show, which doesn't exist anymore. Greg, uh, WAF is gone and Greg is now on WEEI, the Greg Hill Morning Show. So anyways, I got hungry and I had two pieces of bread left. Now, typically, if you're going to make a sandwich, you take a piece of bread, put whatever you're going to put in the middle of it. And then you put it on top and then you only have one sandwich. I wanted two sandwiches. So what I did is I took what I opened up. I went into the fridge and I noticed a shit. We don't have any cheese left. What we did have was a little packet from, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or whatever it was, but it was cheese cubes, tiny little cheese cubes left. We had uh, the, the bottom of a bag of chips. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have any yellow mustard. A yellow mustard is key. Yellow mustard really goes good on anything. It, well, all we had left was some uh, mustard that, I, I don't know, it, it's like the, the same kind of mustard you put on a hot dog. Not a hot dog, a, a sausage or it's that spicy mustard. It's got the red dots in it or something like that. Not the greatest mustard on the planet. Yellow mustard is by far the best mustard ever created. It's, it's top dog. But anyways, so take out the two pieces of bread it's actually the very end of the bread one of the pieces of bread was the ass end of the bread the other piece was the bread before it so i open up the fridge i'm like all right what do we got i saw the cheese cubes we don't have any other cheese i grabbed the cheese cubes i i saw that we had a couple of pickles left to be exact we had five uh, uh slices i ate one of them right off the bat i put the other two on the chips um and what i do is on one half of the bread first you put a little mustard then you put the cheese cubes. Then after the cheese cubes, you put the chips that's left. It's crumbles of chips. And then on top of that, you put the two pickles. And then you fold it. And then you eat it. And boom, you have a sandwich. I mean, that's, that's, people are making fun of me. They're saying, how could you eat something like that? And then, then I, can, I clearly know right off the bat. I say, hey, look, look it. You could try to elevate the poor guy. You could try to get the poor guy. You could try to take the kid out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the kid. You can't take the poor out of me. I grew up fucking poor. I live like I'm poor. That's it. I, I, I could eat anything. As a kid, I'm lucky that I even had cheese cubes, pickles, mustard. I used to eat, dude, it'd get down to the beer fucking bones at my house, and you would literally be eating mustard sandwiches and you'd be split, you'd be fighting with your brother, me, Mike, Jesse, we'd be beefing over who was going to get the last whole chip in the bag. And by that, I mean, legitimately, you'd have a bag full of crumbs and you'd open it up and there'd be like that one, one chip, there'd be one chip that wasn't broken. It was like a beacon of light. It was like the fucking star. It was like the North star on Christmas. The one you open it up it was like, and you'd be like, blah, blah, blah. and then of course the beef would ensue, and then the one chip that was solid, that was left over for a one crispy bite, was gone, because it got smashed, because if I wasn't having it, they weren't having it, boom, bag gets hit, dusted, then it found itself on a, on a, on a chip sandwich, many people grew up on chip sandwiches, I'm not the only one, but I still like them. You like what you ate when you were a kid, and I ate many a chip sandwiches. It would have been a luxury back in the day. 
to have a little bit of cheese with my chip sandwich. But typically, you would eat a chip sandwich with yellow mustard, the ass end of 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 a, a you know of a, of bread, or it, quite honestly, you might have it with a piece of bread and an English muffin. Like, it, it, or you would just have an English muffin and you try to fold that. But the whole point is, if you have two pieces of bread left, you don't make one sandwich. You put one half. One half, you fold those suckers over, now you have two. Check out the sandwich that I made. It, it is absolutely delicious. I'm being made fun of because of my choice of foods, but I didn't have anything else left to eat. I, I mean, dude, I don't eat. If I can eat normal, I will. But I'm not like my kids, man. It, it, listen, if it, my father would say it all the time. It, it, you'd eat shit if you were hungry. If you were fucking starving, bro, you'd eat shit. And sometimes eating shit came in the form of eating a mustard sandwich. And I had plenty of chips and mustard sandwiches. And I still like them, so I still make them. And if I have the luxury of having cheese cubes, which is what I had last night. I had these little Lando Lakes cheese cubes left over, I guess, from Thanksgiving. Had a couple of pickles. Had some crumbs from uh, a bag of chips. A couple of pieces of bread. I folded it over. Go check. Take a look at it. Right now, you could go to my Facebook uh, or my Twitter, or my Instagram, you could take a look at the, the, it was a chip, cheese, pickle, and mustard sandwich, and it was bomb, and anybody that doesn't like it, you're full of crap, because you all remember back in the day when you were, when your parents didn't have money, and not everybody's parents had money, some of you guys are lucky ass bastards that had tons of food, and you could pick from whatever the hell you want, and you had a well-rounded meal, I know you assholes, the ones that still eat green bean casserole, or the people that actually eat salmon, because you're like, oh, you don't eat salmon, like, bro, we fucking salmon. Salmon? I said, you can feed the whole family for a week off the price of that. So no, at the Paziali household, we didn't have that stuff. And we fought and we grinded each other out for the last crumbs of food. And typically we'd be making ourselves. My brother Mike, I'll tell you straight up, that a mustard and chip sandwich, it was a luxury. Honestly. So for those of you making fun of me, go fuck yourself. No, I'm just kidding. But check it out. It's a pretty good, you know what? Here, try it out. I suggest that when you are down to the very last of your bread and the very last of a bag of chips, take some yellow mustard, put it on a piece of bread, put some chips on it, fold it over and eat it. Or if you're lucky enough to have a little bit of cheese left over, put some cheese on it, put a couple, I mean, cheese and pickles is, is, is bomb. I ate cheese pickles and pickles for years because that, I mean, this is what you have left over. You, you, the, you might not have any bread left, but you got cheese and you have a pickle. Boom. You wrap the cheese around the pickle. You eat it. It's a fantastic poor food. <laughs> Try it out. All right. There. We, we got through that. Check it out. Um, couple th- couple other things I want to talk about. Podcast pizza. I'm going to start podcast pizza. I don't, I don't know the exact date and I don't know when it's going to drop. When we do podcast pizza, I'm going to have to do, maybe five or six episodes of it before I post it onto uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I will do it live, though, so you'll get to see it being recorded, but you won't be able to listen to it until a few weeks after because I need to be able to post, I don't know, five or six episodes of it at a time or or at when when I first started. What is Podcast Pizza? If you watch this program, you understand or listen to this program, you understand that I love 
cheese pizza. And my rule is that if you don't eat cheese pizza, you've given up your right to cheese pizza. It's the only pizza that should be eaten for many reasons, for monetary reasons. One, because it's cheaper for bit like, you know, at, at a business, if you're going to buy 10 pizzas and you bought all cheese pizzas, you'd save yourself on all the toppings, not to mention the fact that cheese pizza gets eaten. Cheese pizza's great for birthday parties. There are many reasons. I've done plenty of podcasts on why cheese pizza is the best. So I love pizza so much that I've decided I'm going to have a side podcast and it's going to be called Podcast Pizza. And I will go out into Boston and we will find the best cheese pizza made here in Massachusetts. I would like your suggestions for places to go. You can DM me on my Facebook, on my Instagram, or on my Twitter, at SpazWAF, and suggest pizza places and what types of pizza. Or Well, it's only one type of pizza, bro. It's cheese pizza. But where to go. And what I'll do is I, I will head out to this establishment. I'll get a pizza. I will sit and talk with the owner. And we'll discuss pizza and it'll be called podcast pizza. And we will try to find the best cheese pizza in the land, in the United States. Well, we'll start right here in Massachusetts. And when it gets big, we'll go all over the place and we'll have lovely conversations where we help small businesses in this time of need, the small pizza joints, find the best small pizza. Well, it's not fucking small pizza. I can, I can name off a few, you know, for example, like Louis and Woburn, phenomenal. Um, you know, Pizza Regia, Regina, Uno, Ujo, Regina, Gina, it, it, probably the best. Papa Gino's, another one on my top dog. Um, but we'll break it down, I guess, into categories. Yeah, I guess we have to do Greek cheese pizza, Italian cheese pizza, bakery cheese pizza. So many things we could do on podcast pizza and have fun. We will do that. But for now, we're doing spazzing out and spazzing out will continue five days a week. I will come and we will sit down and we'll have a conversation of what I think is important because what I think is important is basically the same thing that you think is important because we're the same person. Everything that I deal with, you deal with. Don't act like you don't eat. Papa Gino's, bro, is the bomb. And it will get into it in a, in a in podcast pizza. Now, I, I know you guys think like me. I know you guys ate mustard sandwiches like I ate a mustard sandwich. That's how I know we relate. A couple things we need to get to. Monolith, dude. The monolith is back. There is a mo- they found another monolith. So they found one in Utah. They found another. They're about 12, 13 feet high. It's it's a metal structure. Look, it looks like a metal prism. Um, and it disappeared in Utah. And now there is one in Romania. Is Romania even a place? I don't even know if I said that right, but they found another one. Another monolith. The aliens are here. Buzz Aldrin said it. Go to the monolith. Take me to the monolith. Go to the monolith. Listen, they're here. They're, they're dropping off monoliths that, that, see, people think the monolith disappeared. I think it sunk into the ground. And I think that we're going to see many more. People are saying that I should uh, check out uh, A Space Odyssey. I've never watched the movie. I've never read the book. I'll have to check it out. And we'll have more conversations on the monolith after I check out the movie. But monoliths are popping up everywhere. They're, they're probably... Uh, fucking time machines of some sort. They just pop out. People hop out. I don't know. But I can tell you this. To be able to move a steel structure that's 13 feet tall, you need heavy-ass equipment. You can't just pick it up and carry it and walk it away. You can't just drop it off. It, it, it 100% had to be put there with cranes and heavy equipment. That I can tell you. It definitely had to be. So look out. Keep your eyes on the monoliths. What's uh all right? That's now let's get into some some shit. One thing that I needed to talk to you guys, I re- I really want to get into capitalism 
and its importance here in the United States. And it's so important that I think that capitalism and uh, listen, Republicans, we love capitalism. Democrats fucking hate capitalism. I don't know why, but we really need an America is a restructure of it. But we'll get to that. What we need to talk about. So we covered uh, the, the monolith. Listen, check out the monolith story because there's another one. Another monolith has come. Podcast pizza is on its way. You guys saw the mustard cheese pickle sandwich that I ate. Bomb food. I do want to get to this because this this is going to be a huge problem coming up. I was reading a story on NPR. Yes, I I read NPR. Um, I know that sounds uh, surprising. Uh, Most of you probably don't, but I try to read as much as I, I possibly can to be caught up on topics. So NPR did a story on on people falling behind on their rent and falling behind on their mortgages. And this is going to be a huge problem in the United States. And, I, and I'm sick and tired of trying to explain this to people, but no one's listening to me. I try explaining it to Kaylee. I try to explain it to people that I talk with that are talking about buying properties and you know, how they want to go out and get a, a place right now. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why would you ever buy a house at the height of the market? Because the market is going to bomb. And I'm going to tell you why And this NPR article leads and gives a perfect example as to what's happening right now and why we're going to have a major problem in about a year or maybe two years from now. The article, there's a study done that there is a 70% uptick in people in the United States paying their mortgage and their rent with debt. They're using credit cards to pay their mortgage. They're using credit cards to pay rent. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know how you use your credit card to pay rent. I don't know any landlord that actually takes a credit card, it's either cash or check. It's, it's usually cash is king. But, you know, they're probably living in reputable rep, reputable places where you could probably use a credit card. But, I mean, I guess in these times, if you were a, a, a landlord, you'd take anything. So here's, here's the problem. They, they, the study was put out, so they wrote an article on it, and they talked to some people that were renting. One lady that's renting said that she would rather go deep into debt than be homeless. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get here's, here's why. First off, here's why this is a problem. And, and, and the greatest part is the headline of the story says uh, Congress needs to step up to help people that are falling behind on their mortgages and rent. Or and I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, listen. The solution is not the government paying your rent and not the government paying your mortgage. That does nothing. It, it does absolutely nothing but raise the country's debt. And it does nothing but enable you to be a lazy ass. It, it's like going to your, your, the government is not your dad. There's many problems here. Asking the government for money in this time is it's it's a band-aid all it does is push the problem it sweeps the problem under the rug for like a year or two it doesn't help it just causes more debt so that's like going to your dad asking for money which is a joke you should be a grown-ass man and a grown-ass woman the next thing is is you're you're piling up debt that you're most likely not going to pay back because you're paying debt with debt when you pay debt with debt you're fucked that 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 should be the name of a book when you pay debt with debt you're fucked maybe i'll write that book when you pay debt with debt, you're fucked. And then it'll be a one page. It'll be a one page book. You'll open up the page and you'll open up the book and it'll say, don't fucking pay debt with debt. You fucking mutant. That's it. That's the book. There. I, I've just saved you thousands of years of heartache. You, you would, you will absolutely be screwed when you pay debt 
with debt. It's a recipe for disaster, for going bankrupt in your business, for losing your property. You, it, the best thing to do with debt is to just stop using debt and pay it off. Get rid of it. But here's, here's why we get into a problem. So now you have renters and people who have mortgages are using personal debt to pay them off. That is, that is a huge problem. Then you have the very same people looking for the government to give them a handout, that, right? To, to give them money that the government doesn't have. That causes debt for the United States. Then you have the next thing that's coming up. It's called the Great Reset. The Great Reset. Look it up. It's, it's being talked about right now in Congress. They're talking about doing a great reset. They're going to hit the, they're going to hit the staple button, the staples button, and everything's going to get reset. You're going to reboot your Xbox, re, just like your phone. My phone isn't working. I'll, I'll reset it. How do I reset it? So they're going to have a great reset because they're going to have to have a great reset, but that doesn't mean they're wiping the debt away. Okay, so let's back this up so I can kind of get it all in a nice, clean nutshell so everybody understands where I'm going and what the problem is. You have 70% uptick in people that are, are homeowners that are have a mortgage or people that are renting that the 70% more this year are using their personal debt or are using a personal credit card. They're, they're using debt to pay debt, to pay their mortgage or to pay their rent. That is the first problem. The next problem is these same people and other people believe that the government needs to be dad, that the government, this is, you always have to bring things home, that the government needs to be dad. Dad has a bunch of children and his child is coming and says, dad, I can't pay my rent. And dad has the option of helping them out or dad has the option of saying, you'll figure it out and get off your fucking ass and go pay your rent. Do it. We'll get to what happens there. So now there's, and now what happens it, 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 because we have that, then we have the great reset that's being talked about. And how is that going to lead into the market crashing? Here's how it all comes together. And I'm not talking about stock market. I'm talking about the housing market and how this becomes a problem and how people, how landlords will lose their properties and how homeowners will lose their properties. And yes, how lazy ass bastards are going to end up out on the street or they're going to end up squatting in a house. So let's just go, let's pretend it is a one person problem. It's just a one person problem. And it's, and it's on a, I want, I like to try to bring government into the home, into your house as if it is you, because you are the president of your government. I'm the president of the Paziali household. I, I'm the president of the government and I, I choose to distribute monies when I have to, to take care of, of my people, of the people of, of, of the citizens of, of Pazialiville, right? I have to, I have citizens that, that are in the Pazialiville. We have direct citizens, Kaylee, Miss Annie, uh, you know, Narium and Presley. And then outside of that, you have other people that, that are, that are kind of, that maybe they're dual citizens. They, they, they come, you know, they're, they're still in your life and they might need uh, some money here and there. So as, as the, as the money maker, and as the president, I dole that stuff out. So now pretend you have a kid, right? Now let's say you're older and your son comes to you and he just, this is what's happening right now. The son comes to you and says, dad, I'm out of work. I can't find any work and uh, I, rent is due and I've been using my, my credit card to pay rent. My credit card is maxed out. Dad, I, I need money. Now as a good father, you should already know this shit, right? But as a good dad, yeah, maybe you weren't paying attention to it. Your kid was doing good. He finally comes to you saying, well, you look at him and you say, wait a second. You, you can't find a job? 
That's the first thing I would say to my kid. I would say, what? You can't find a job? Now, now imagine, again, you have, to, you have to pretend this is the government, right? You've now shown up at, uh, at the unemployment line. Or you've, not, you know, you, you've now shown up to plead your case as to why you should get money um, or a handout or help from the government. I can't find a job. And I, now my son comes to me and dad, I'm like, you can't find a job. What I do is I'd open up the fucking newspaper if I have, well, I guess there's no newspapers. I'd go on to Indeed or something and I'd say, hey, wow, you... You can't find a job because there are thousands of jobs available. I, I, I mean, there are so many jobs. Is, is it that you can't or you won't go to work? Is that, is that the problem? Is that what's going on here? Because people don't get squeezed. There's a problem in the United States. We don't push people to be better. We just help them out because we don't want to deal with that shit. All right, so now let's say dad gives the person the money, right? The government says, fuck it. All right, son, I'm going to give you the money. Here you go, son. Now I've given the kid the money. Now the kid has the money. His rent is due in maybe like two or three days. It's fifteen hundred bucks. I just gave him fifteen hundred dollars. Do you think he's gonna go and he's gonna take that money? He's gonna go pay the rent? No, he's gonna be like, oh, you know, I got like three or four days. I could spend like two or three hundred of it. And then before you know it, he blows five hundred dollars of it. Then he goes to his landlord and says, Hey, all I got is a thousand dollars. The landlord obviously takes it, tax that money on top somewhere else. But he's gotta take what he's gotta take, but the landlord can't kick your ass out. Because the government said, nah, you can't kick people out. So now the landlord, whose mortgage is probably sixteen hundred, right? You have a lot of landlords who can't even who don't who can't even cover the nut on their fucking property. Now he has to come up short. Do you see how this trickles? But now dad had to give out some of his hard-earned money. So now dad's retirement fund just got lower, or dad's income just got lower, the government's money just got lower. Do you see what I'm saying? The government's money got lower. When dad should have did this. Dad should have just straight up. Hold on, my phone's a little messed up. Dad should have just said straight up. When the kid came to him and said, dad, I, I can't pay rent. I can't get a job. Dad should have just looked him dead in the eye and said, hey, well, you better get a job. Well, well, and anyway, no, go get a job. Call your landlord. You know what? I'll call your landlord. Here, I'll get on the phone with your landlord. That you know, this is this is the society that we live in now, where dad is probably gonna have to fucking knock up your son's wife to get her pregnant because sons can't do shit anymore. So you 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 fucking you call the kid's landlord. You say, hey, yeah, listen, my kid's gonna get a job. I'll make sure he gets a job by the end of the week. We'll get you uh, December's rent by the end of December. We'll get you January's rent by middle of of January. We'll get caught up by like February, but you're gonna get your rent. Boom, hang up the phone. Get in your kid's face. Say, hey. Get a fucking job now. I I don't want to hear butts anything or you're going to be on the street. And then let them be on the damn street. Let them. Let them. Having a little hard time in life. Eating mustard and chip sandwiches. Puts a little grit on somebody. Makes them work for it. If you don't ever push somebody, you'll never know what their ability is. If you don't ever put someone in the corner, you don't know if they'll fight back. If you never press somebody... You'll never know. What most people know is that if enough of you can't pay your mortgage, if enough of you can't pay your rent, well, big daddy government, the dad upstairs will step in and say, oh, we have to help out the American people. Let's give them billions of dollars so that they can get caught up with their rent instead of doing the right thing and saying, hey, we're not your father. And if we were, we'd tell you to get a job. We're the government. 
We're here to take care of everybody, not just the few. There are half of, half of you know, there are 100,000, 500,000 people working and paying their shit. And then there is another 150,000 people, 150 million, we'll say, not. We, we can't help you guys out and make the one other 150 poor. We can't help the other 150 million people. We can't tax the shit out of them and put them to the brink of insanity to help your ass out. Go get a job. And then you'll complain. You say, well, I'm gonna, I went to college and I got a degree. I got my degree in physics and there's no jobs left in physics. Well, tough shit. Tough shit. That's life. It's tough. It's too bad. So what? Find another job. That's it. And it doesn't matter what it is you do. Putting, putting yourself, if the government put kids in the corner the way my dad put me and my brothers in the corner, this country would be fucking amazing. We'd have a country full of fighters. We'd have a country full of people that are gritty. We have a country full of people that would understand that sometimes you got to eat a mustard and chip sandwich instead of going out and getting a goddamn meal from the Capitol Grill or something like that. Or you don't have to live like everybody else. I take it pride. Bro, I was born. I'm telling you, I was born to live in a pandemic. I was born to, I was recession built, bro. I was born to live in, in I, I could stand in a food line if I had to. If there were no damn work out there, and I'd be, I'd be, I'd be glorious at it. I'd be the best. Because that's how my father, my father taught me, you want something, you're going to work hard for it. And that's what the United States needs to teach its people. I wish that someone would come out. I honestly, I wish that Biden, who's unfortunately going to be our next president, I wish he would get up there and just say, you know what? I got bad news for you guys. Things are going to change. And you know how they're going to change? You're going to have to do shit for yourself. You're going to have to wash your own clothes. You're going to have to pull up your own pants. You're going to, oh, there's no jobs? Well, create a job. Figure something out that you're good at and go out there and try to make money. When it snows out, go shovel someone's fucking driveway and make 25 bucks. I can't do anything on 25 bucks. What am I going to No, no, you probably can't. But you know what? If you go do 10 driveways, well, what's that? Five? Jeez, my math is that's $250. So boom, you banged out 10 driveways. Oh, but my back hurts and I'm really tired and I'm sick of it. And it's what's ruining the country. It's terrible. What the government does here, here, this whole, what we're talking about is an NPR article where there was a study done that there's an uptick of 70% of people using debt to pay off their mortgages and to pay off their rent. And these people are looking for the government to help them out. They're looking for the government to step in. So now let's talk about why the government stepping in doesn't work and why there will be a housing crash. This is what happens. It's just a band-aid. So let's say the government does this big reset, which is what they're talking about doing. They're going to do the big-ass reset. And by that, what they're going to do is anybody that has late payments on debt, it's going to get pushed to the end of the debt. You don't get a, a debt wipe. They're not getting rid of these debts. They might get rid of the college loan debts, which is a whole different story and garbage. But on the mortgages and the rent, they're going to try to do a reset. Where they're going to say, okay, you didn't pay your mortgage for one year because of the, the pandemic. Well, now your mortgage is 31 years long, okay? Great. Hallelujah. They've reset everything. All debt has, the, the button has been hit. All that does, which, by the way, is better than giving people, let me be clear here. I would much rather the government reset and not give people money 
Because if the government just hands out money, it's just getting in more debt itself. And that's the government paying other people's debt. Dude, when you, like I said from the beginning of the show, when you pay debt with debt, if you pay debt off with debt off, you're fucked. Period. Like I said, I, I, someday I'm going to write a book. When you pay debt with debt, you're fucked. I'm going to write that book and then you're going to open up the book and it's going to be one page. It's going to say, you stupid fuck. Don't pay debt with debt. You fucking idiot. So having the government pay, not a good idea. I would much rather them do a great reset and, you know, everybody stop from the beginning. I don't want them to do anything. Let me be clear. Wait, wait, stop. Let me be clear on this. I don't want them to do anything. I want the people that didn't do something, that didn't fight. For themselves, I, bro, I want you to get decimated. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I'm not a mean person, but I want people to be squeezed so hard that they have to fight for themselves. I want people to be so put in a corner that the only thing they have left is that they have got to fucking scrape, fight, punch, get hard. Not in that sense, but like literally. So that you have to push back and that you will do anything to survive. That will make our country strong. Other countries are like that. That's why I always say that that, that, the, that if the Middle Eastern kids came over here with our kids, my, my son, one Middle Eastern kid would beat up all 20 kids in my neighborhood. A hundred percent. These kids are hard. They grew up tough. Our kids aren't growing up tough. Our kids are having arguments over whether or not they're going to get a $500, fucking $500 uh, PS5 or a $500 new Xbox. That's what our kids are fighting over with. I'm, I'm over here eating chips and fucking pickle sandwiches so that my kid can get a fucking video game. It's insane. So that's, 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 that's the clarity of it, that I, I want people to struggle. I don't really want you to struggle. I, I want people to struggle so that they learn how to take care of themselves. I want people to get put into the corner with no other options. They're stuck in the corner, and here's your option. You, it's you. And your family, right? It's you and your family. You got you. I got me, Presley, Narium, Kaylee, Miss Annie. We're all in a fucking corner. And the only way out is for dad to attack. The only way out is for dad to grind. The only way out is it's to fight for your life. That's it. There's no other way. There's no other way out of here except for you to fight. Get on my shoulder. I'm going to fucking carry you right down. I'm going to literally gonna pick him up. Look at the fucking vein of my forehead. You're going to lift him up. That's what people need to do. You need to understand that every single day you're in the fight of your life. Every single day, everything you do, you're fighting. Some days will be great. Some, and, then, and then after years of fighting, sure, you'll get to retire. You'll do the right things. But you get to understand my point here that if you're not willing to fight and to sacrifice and your only means is, well, someone else is going to help me. Forget it. And I, please I get rid of people like that. I want people get the fuck out, get out of here, get away from me. I have nothing in common with lazy people that need, that need help. Now, look, let me be clear too. I'm okay with most of the social programs that we have in the United States because they were meant to be put there for a good reason, to help people get a leg up. So I am okay with the, uh, uh, you know, somebody, as a kid, I was, my, my mom was on welfare. I had reduced lunch tickets, bro. I had the fucking lunch ticket that had the red line through it. I mean, you, I might as well had a scarlet letter or a big P on my shirt that said poor. No big deal. Everybody needs a, ha- a hand. But if you're getting something like that, which is okay, I'm not going to shame you 
if you're getting assistance. If you're if you're getting assistance, but you know what? You're like, hey, I'm going to get a little assistance right now because I work, uh, you know, a, an eight-hour job. And then after I get out of the eight-hour job, I'm I'm working on my, my, my business or something. Like, you're trying to better yourself. And you are, in fact, your goal is to get off it and to be a, a, a helpful part of this society. Great. That, you're damn right. I'd give you money for that all day long. Now, who knows? I may need it someday. I might. I might. But I could tell you what, if, if I get there, because I'm, uh, listen, there have been times in my life where, where charitable things have helped me out. For example, the Greg Hill Foundation helped me out in a, in a time of need with, with my dad's funeral and they, they helped me out and, and I've been indebted ever since, ever fucking since, ever since. I, I, I do anything and everything I can to help out that organization because I want to give back because they gave to me. I, I felt blessed and gracious by it. I don't, I don't feel like I deserve it. You get what I'm saying? The, the, these people, they, the government must pay my mortgage. The government must pay my rent. They must give me something. No, no, you must work hard. You must get a job. And if there isn't a job, you must create a job and try to find a way to make money. I literally think on a daily basis how I can help my family out more. The other day, I was trying to calculate how I could make an extra $40 a day. If I could just make an extra 40 bucks a day, for the for every single month, thirty days, thirty days a month, an extra forty dollars. What that would mean to my family? What it would mean to me is a little more time and effort. What it would mean to me is I maybe I get home a little bit later. But it would be extraordinarily helpful for my family. I don't sit back and say, "Well, I deserve this." I can't stand it. So how does this all become a big problem for for uh, uh, for the housing and for, for mortgages. So here's how this becomes a, a huge problem. Let's say there is a big reset or let's say the government pays it. Either way, if it gets pushed back to the end, right? So all mortgages get reset, we'll say. You still got to pay the mortgage. And let's say the government pays the back uh, uh, mortgage payments that you owe or the back rent that you owe. Well, you're still at zero, so it's still a reset. So now let's say it's, let's say it happens January 1. January 1 hits. You're even. All all debts have either paid or been put back at the end and no credit has been affected. They've really done a great, the government said, hey, fuck it, we stepped in. Well, you still have the same problem because January 1, what? I don't, do I have to even say it? I don't. January 1, what? What happens January 1? You, you've reset. The government on, on December 15th was like, okay, reset. Everybody's even. You got 15 days to come up with the first month's rent or the first month's mortgage. What happens on January 1? Everybody that was in the problem before still can't pay. Because 15 days later, they'd have done nothing to try to get the money to pay. They would feel relief. they go, ah, oh, Christmas is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We, don't ha- we, we, we feel relieved. The pressure is off us. We're, January 1st is coming. We've got 15 days. And you'll have done nothing. And then January 1st will hit. You will not have the mortgage. You won't. You will not have the rent. Because you fucking won't. Because you won't do anything about it. Plain and simple. Why? Because again, you weren't forced. You weren't put in a corner where you have to fight for your life. You're not You're not stuck there with the gun up against your head. Because let me tell you, bro. If you had a gun against your head, you'd... Well, some of the people in this country probably just take the bullet. Because we're bitches like that. But if you were literally... Push to the brink, you might push back and maybe you'd have it. Maybe you'd get after it. 
But no, most of you won't. So this is where the great reset that's coming or the let's let's pay them off flaws. So January 1 hits. We'll say it gets done. Like I said, it's not going to happen this fast. It'll probably happen sometime in April, May, right? But let's say it happens uh, December 15th. The government says, okay, great reset. Everybody's debt gets restarted. Either they push the payments back to the end or they pay your, your late payments, but you still got to make your payment on January 1st. January 1 comes. Well, guess what? You're still unemployed. You're still unemployed. You're still fucking unemployed, which means you can't pay. Next thing. More people will be unemployed. Uh, One third of small businesses that employ more people in the United States than any business. More people work for a small business than work for Amazon and Walmart combined. More. When you take all the small businesses in this country and you put them together, that that workforce is top. It's top. One third of those people are gone. So you're talking, you got like 20 million people out of business now. You're going to have another 20 million. You're going to have 40 million at least. Somewhere, well, let's just say somewhere between 30 and 40 million are going to be unemployed. And these are the very same people that already couldn't pay their mortgage, that already couldn't pay their rent. And now the big reset has happened, but it's January 1st and you don't pay. So now the clock is ticking. And then it's February, and then you don't play. And now you're right back where you were before. The government has already helped your stupid ass out. And you couldn't figure out a way to make the rent or pay the mortgage. And now you're two months behind and you're bitching again. Oh, I'm going to get kicked out of my house. You had plenty of time. Then, and you got the reset. Then the people who have their the, their mortgages are two months to fall. Now it's three months to fall. When it hits three months to fall, bro, forget it. It's over. You start getting the letters. They start mailing you stuff. And we're talking already. There's over 30 million. There are more houses right now in default that, that, that were, that there are more houses in default now than there were in 2006 when the market crashed. But hey, fuck it. Go out and buy that $600,000 house that in two years from now is going to be worth 400000 Go buy a house at the top of the market, you buffoon. So here's what, so now, Reset has happened. We're three months after the reset. People still can't pay their rent. People still can't pay their mortgages. The government is out. They're like, hey, we already helped you guys out. See you later. Bye. The banks are going to start foreclosing. Millions of people will be losing their fucking homes because they couldn't pay for it in the first place. What the government should do is just say, fuck it. Get it over with now instead of pushing it off. Because that's all they're going to do. They're going to push it off. Just don't help anybody. Don't help. Do not fucking help people. That's it. Just say, hey, this is a capitalist country. You can't fucking pay for something. You don't get it. The market decides. And if people can't can't pay for houses, houses go in default. They go back on the market. The market drops. Why? Because there's an influx. A, a ridiculous amount of homes go on the market. That drops the value of houses. And then people can't get mortgages. That also drops the value of the market. Boom, done. Two years from now, shit's going to, I'm telling you, less than two years from now, unless by some extraordinary measure, the American people step up. The only way to do it is if the American people put the problem on their own ass. They get up and they say, it's my responsibility to pay this rent. It's my responsibility to pay my mortgage. I know that I, you know, I will use me for an example, okay? I want to work in radio again. I want to be an on-air radio personality once again, and I'm trying to find a job to that end. But I also know that I'm probably going to have to take a shit job before I can get there. 
And I probably will. But all the meanwhile, I'll still run my other business, make money off of that. Do whatever it takes. If take junk goes away, I'll go work at Amazon. If Amazon happened to feel, bro, I'll go work at FedEx. If FedEx feels, bro, I will go shovel cow shit to make money. I will do whatever it takes to make money so that I could take care of my family, so I could take care of my responsibilities. And trust me, I have debt. I have debt with my business. <clears throat> and I try and I work and I and I can't, I get on the phone and I talk to the banks that I owe money to and I make payments to them as much as I can. Sometimes I make a lot of, uh, I pay them a lot. Sometimes I say, hey, listen, let's work it out. I'll pay this much, this month, this much, that month. But I get it back, man. I fucking pay it. It's difficult. It sucks. I'm dying. It's killing me. It's absolutely killing me. But I do it because it's my responsibility because that's how I was raised. My father was like, hey, you got to work your at you, you big boy decisions have big boy consequences and you can't walk away from them. You got to take them head on. You got to grab, as they say, the bull by the horns and you have to attack those things and do your damnedest to try to take care of them. Do everything you can. Sure. In some instances, it's not going to work out. It, it, bank, some places won't negotiate with you. Fine. Some places will just default on your stupid ass. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I've dealt with that. I, I dealt with it in 2006. I'm dealing with it again now. And in both situations, like the 2006, my house flopped. I had a house that was worth $250,000. The value went down to hundred grand. I had to keep that thing and pay the mortgage on that puppy while I wasn't even living there. I wasn't even living there. And I had to pay it all the way up until 2018 before I could sell it. It sucks. But if all of us did our job, as Bill Belichick would say, if all of us stepped up, if all of us knew what it felt like to get backed into the corner and to not cower and not expect Superman, the government, your dad, or someone to swoop in and save your ass, you might fight for yourself. You might understand what it's like to fight for yourself and to fight for your family instead of waiting for someone. If you're just going to sit back and wait, for the government or for your dad or for someone to give you a handout and help you out, you're done. You're fucking toast. It's over and so isn't the country. The United States will be toast if we continue to have generations of kids that think and men and women that all think that the government will save them or someone will save them. No one will save you. Only you can save yourself. No one is going to fucking help you lose weight, bro. No one is going to make you eat better. No one's going to keep you from that heart attack like you're going to keep yourself from that heart attack. If your teeth fall out because you didn't brush them, it's your fucking fault. Simple. All right, that's it, guys. I got to go to work. Thank you so much for listening to Spazzing Out, America's podcast. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I did have one other side note. Uh, capitalism. I, I want to get... Maybe to, Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. I, I I want a, I love capitalism and I want a rebranding of capitalism here in the United States or a reselling of it. I don't want to change capitalism at all. I just want to change the way it's brought to the American people because I feel like capitalism is vilified, but you have to understand that the only way this republic survives is through capitalism. It's, it, socialism makes people poor from top to bottom. And we need to have a conversation about how we can resell that to the American people so that they can understand that the only way to go and the only way to save this company, that this company, it's like a company. The only way to save this country is through a capitalist system and going socialized, uh, uh, going full-blown socialism will make 
you poor and it will also make the rich poor. All right, guys, have a good day.